listeners, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Hindsight is Horrifying. You're here with your Darth hostess with the mostest, Darth Jader and Jason. Hello, everybody. And this week, you guys, we are going into another blast from the past of 1987, the original, the number one lethal weapon. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. And uh, this is one of those quintessential cop-buddy movies, and it was one of those movies that kind of carved out the cop-buddy relationship. Uh, the, the essential plot of it is, following the death of his wife, Los Angeles police detective Martin Riggs, Mel Gibson, becomes restless and suicidal. When he is reassigned and partnered with Roger Murtaugh, Danny Glover, Riggs immediately clashes with the older officer. Together, they uncover a massive drug trafficking ring. As they encounter increasingly dangerous situations, Riggs and Murtaugh begin to form a bond. Riggs' volatile behavior might just help them apprehend the criminals if it doesn't get them both killed first. Yeah, yeah. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. Yeah, the, it's funny because this is one of those movies that, you know, you hear the plot explained and you sort of go, oh, yeah, there's a plot. Oh, yeah, because it, do- it doesn't really strike you that way. Yeah. But before we get into the details of that, Jason, this was your pick. Uh, another classic 80s movie, a yes. beloved one as well. One of, so. one of the first movies that many people of my generation uh, saw with uh, a small amount of nudity in it. So there was uh, a, yeah. yeah, I've got comments on that. <laughs> right at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Really establishes, you know, what kind of movie you're about to watch. Well, it, you know, the beginning obviously is pretty iconic. It's got that... Um, this obviously came first, but it reminds me of Forrest Gump when Jenny was <laughs> about to what? commit suicide over the balcony of a hotel after she'd done a bunch of cocaine. So she wasn't remember. naked. Yeah, I don't. That happened in Forrest Gump. Yes. Oh wow, it's been a long time since I've seen Forrest Gump. Mama always said the had a way of explaining things that I could understand them. But yeah, yeah. Jason, there's a there's a jumper scene in that movie too. All right. Um, but yeah, so the movie immediately starts off with an apparent suicide. So yeah, it's 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 a it's uh, an assisted suicide. I think that would no, that's a different thing. <laughs> that's, that's a, a little mind. bit that's, of a different, different concept. Thing. No, it's uh, wasn't involved in this one at all. Yeah, it involves a uh, uh, a young lady um, jumping off of a uh, a hotel or an apartment. Uh, some sort of fancy condo in the yeah, sky. Yeah, condo sort of thing. A right after a rendition of Jingle Bell Rock. So yeah. you know it's Christmas, listeners. Yeah, which, you know, and this actually is on my, my top five I was going to ask. Christmas movies. Yeah, it's right up there with Die Hard. I was wondering. Uh, the greatest Christmas movie ever made, obviously. Okay, and I've got, I've got to interrupt you really quick here, Jason, because it, you mentioned the, the fair bit of nudity that happens in this movie, and it yes. all happens... In the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a concentrated form because, yes, we see... You get front and back nudity. We see the, yes, the uh, the nude hooker. And then Danny Glover's family, it's his 50th birthday, which is a big yeah, part no, of this, this movie. this is so weird. Uh, uh, Danny Glover's family busts into the bathroom while he's having a bath to give him a birthday cake. Yeah, that always bothered me. What because... the hell? I, I can tell you listeners right now, and I'm speaking for Jason and myself, that we've never busted in on our dads while taking baths, no, especially not with a no, damn birthday cake. No, the last thing that I ever wanted to do <laughs> And, and his oldest daughter kisses him, I'm pretty sure on the mouth, like, happy birthday, daddy, kisses now, him and then runs off. Now, if you notice, the water looks very, very dark, as though he's <laughs> he was, like, incredibly dirty. <laughs> And maybe they can't see his wang. Uh, let's and there are some suds, so you kind of hope I, that there. 
I just don't understand it. It's at all. almost like one of those mo- one of those scenes that well, obviously when he's filming the scene, he's got a bathing suit on. Oh, and, uh, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's almost like because he had a bathing suit on, nobody had the appropriate level of weirdness. Like none of them realized, hey, wouldn't he actually? This isn't a swimming pool. Yeah, he, he would be naked. You would hope so, uh, but that, you don't see anything though. But, you don't see anything. Well, you don't. But did his kids? Oh yeah, they did. They oh had, god, yeah. they're scarred for life. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to our third naked person after yep. the uh, dead Mel, hooker Mel and Danny tiny Glover. nipples Gibson. Uh, yeah, but Mel fine ass Gibson. I mean, take a look at that piece of work right there. It's like he was sculpted. <laughs> I just love that. I just love that when he gets out of bed though, his dog is just sort of looking at his crotch, like, huh, okay, like right. wondering when the peanut butter is going to get busted out. Like, where are you going no, with this? <laughs> no, I, th- I think more more thinking. You know, huh, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but this is one of those movies that I just I. It came a little too early. <laughs> and an obvious product plug for Norclad refrigerators. Oh, yes. Yeah, big. They were huge back then. And uh, meanwhile, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really focusing on Mel's uh, naked body right here, but he also has this very distracting hair, which makes him look like a byproduct of Cher <laughs> and Doc Brown. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's hair that says, I don't have a perm, but I could get it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. If I wanted one. It would look so I good. Could, yeah. Yeah. He could get a body wave and it would just rock. Well, but the thing about the movie, in going back to something you said, you know, you referred to it as, as you know, the buddy cop movie that sort of laid it all out there. Yeah, sort of birthed the, the, the good buddy cop movie. Yeah, and I think that you can probably say an entire generation of buddy cop movies have basically followed this formula. Oh, 100%. It's... And that's what uh, the writer actually said about it. Uh, what, I can't remember what his last name. I think it was Black, the guy who wrote the script. Well, there were there were two guys because there was the original script, um, and and then it was. Uh, oh yeah, it was Black who wrote the original script. He did it in six yeah, weeks to yeah. boot, and it was very dark. It was very like I think uh, in the original in the original script, Riggs died in the end. No, that was Lethal Weapon two. Oh, that was with the weapon too. Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Black wrote this script in six weeks, and he said it is dark because he said that he wanted it to be like a mixture of, you know, action thriller, uh, expertly combined with dark humor, according yeah. to Mental Floss, and it was like a western meets Frankenstein's monster. I can see that. I, you know, it 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 feels like if it was darker, um. It would almost have sort of a first blood kind of feel to it because first blood, a lot of people nowadays, you know, when you say Rambo, everybody has their, you know, when you think about Rambo, you think of Rambo three, um, you think of the silly, ridiculous, just over the top, um, nonsensical action movie. Like the almost funny one that everyone remembers. Right. But the truth is that the first movie was not like that. Yeah, the first movie was you could actually take that one seriously, whereas by the it was, third it, one, it was a, I mean, almost a heart wrenching movie. Yeah, you know, like, the the end of, of First Blood, you know, is it's sad. It's genuinely. I mean, Sylvester Stallone actually really does a good job acting the scene where, which he, is the first time anyone said that in about thirty years since that movie. Yeah, yeah, since yeah. that movie. 
Oh, Danny Glover, not to interrupt you yet again, but Danny Glover's about to have a fantastic line coming up here because to stick with the plot for just a <laughs> second, uh, we have this mysterious suicide where obviously this hooker jumps off of a balcony and dies. And then Danny Glover's investigating. Uh, and meanwhile, he's heard that his friend, uh, Mr. Hunsucker, has uh, called him that morning and left a message at his house with his wife. But then he finds out that the hooker who committed suicide is Hunsucker's daughter. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Which is, and it's actually, it's one of those things that at first, you know, you think, well, that was a coincidence. Ha ha. You know, convenient movie back writing. Back in the 80s, they had those. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, from a script writing standpoint, they, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they established it later on. The, there was a reason that Michael Hunsucker called him. The day that she died. Yes. It wasn't just a coincidence. Right. Um, you are like, oh, hey, that guy from Vietnam called you. Yeah. You know? And, oh, I haven't heard from him in 20 years. And even right. his wife is like, why haven't you ever talked about him? And he's like, oh, I just don't talk about him, baby. Don't worry about it. And they sort of write it off. Yeah. But uh, Danny Glover, you get the first really kind of cheeky joke out of this movie when Danny Glover's asking another <laughs> hooker yeah, named Dixie. Uh, he's Dixie, like, you're going to arrest Dixie. <laughs> no, you're going to bust Dixie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she comes into it later. But uh, Dixie is another hooker who might have known what happened. So Danny Glover's like, yeah, what happened uh, to this other hooker? Why did she commit suicide? And Dixie claims not to know anything. But he's like, oh, yeah, all dressed up and no one to blow. <laughs> you're hilarious. That yeah. was her comeback. Yeah, she was well, hilarious. She's, she's coming down off of a, a cocaine high, yeah. so you know, well, but she's she, probably she, crashing. Yeah, but don't forget too, she was she was part of it. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she no, was part she, of it. she's yeah. part of the whole conspiracy. But uh, yeah, she's kind of she's one of the inadvertent reasons yeah. why uh, uh, Huntsucker's daughter Huntsucker's daughter dies. Yeah. But then, okay, so Danny Glover is now all emotional because his Vietnam buddy's kid is dead. So we cut away from him, yeah, and Amy. we. Get our first taste of crazy mother effing rigs, yeah, <laughs> Mel Gibson. And it's brilliant because you have this establishing, you know, you, you've established the plot. It's all going to deal around this suicide. And you've established Danny Glover's character as the family man. He's a he's the a, straight guy. Yeah, he's a very senior police officer that the other cops are are deferring to. Right. And who's his partner going to be? An Martin absolute Riggs. yeah, a whack job, <laughs> a complete psycho. Who is so awesome? Which and this is such a, this scene is so eighties it hurts. Uh, Riggs is in the middle of a cocaine bust because it was the eighties in a Christmas tree lot. <laughs> yeah, because it was the eighties. A and, lot of people don't realize you could go to almost any Christmas tree lot in the eighties and get cocaine, get some blow. Yeah, not the hooker. Um, you are not wrong <laughs> but yeah i love f for one the fact that Riggs licks cocaine off of a knife and that's how he tests the cocaine because well that's how everybody did it back then i know i see that and i'm like wait a minute is that and obviously i'm not the biggest of drug people so i'm like is that how you do cocaine <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's not i don't well, think they taught us that in health class that was always the weird thing in 80s movies because that's how everybody tested every drug was by taking usually they would have like you know, the, the plastic bag of yeah. drug, and they would stick a knife in it. And it didn't matter. It could be heroin, cocaine, well, anything. Well, they'd, they'd lick the knife and they first lick the to knife. get yeah. almost like fun dip and yeah. dip, dip their knife blade into <laughs> it and then taste it and be like, oh, I don't have to snort this cocaine at all to tell oh. that it's high quality. And this scene also introduces one of the other stars of the movie, the Beretta 92FS. Oh, yes. Yeah, Martin Riggs' gun. I actually own both uh, Riggs' gun and Murtaugh's gun. 
I, I've got the uh, the Smith and Wesson Model 19 and the 92, the Beretta 92. No and wonder your wife fell in love with you. Yeah, well, couldn't you? I've got both of those guns. Seriously, Josh has you know? a compound bow at home. I mean, that's just one of the many reasons I fell in love with him. Look, I mean, well, the only well, problem the only problem is that my wife is so much better a shot than me. She's oh, oh she's yeah, she's and she literally had never held a gun. Before I put one in her hands, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so scared!" Bang, 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 bang. Oh, okay, you did the smiley face thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've actually got a similar story because uh, when Josh, uh, he was actually the one who taught me how to shoot. Uh, I had never really held anything other than a BB gun before. He took me to the range many moons ago, and he was like, "Okay, you want to stand this way." He was teaching me how to do my stance and how to hold the gun. He's like, "You want to squeeze, not pull, all that good stuff," and my first three shots, because he taught me grouping, yeah, uh, my first yeah. three shots, we were shooting at the silhouette target, and my first three shots ever went right through the guy's Adam's apple. Mm, there you go. Uh, just mm. mere millimeters off of each other. And he was like, remind me never to piss you off. And I was like, uh, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I have, and I, I've seen this so many times. In fact, I know a guy who, he was dating a girl, This I knew this guy back in college, he was dating a girl who not only had never shot before, but she, she was terrified of guns. She hated them. He took her to the range one time and let her shoot a, um, I think it was, it was a Browning 22, but it was, it was one of the 22s. It, it's got a very long barrel. It's a very good tournament competition style gun. She probably to this day, at least I know back whenever I knew the guy, she's now a championship. She goes to competitions and beats everybody. That's amazing. Women are better shooters than men. Holla. They no, they really. I mean, it's it. it Go I've, ladies. Se- I've seen it a million times. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what what the the reason is, but they are consistently better at it. You heard it from the man, fellas. So get mad at him at North Foggy on Twitter. I also want to make a very specific plug because you brought up shooting ranges and we are in Alpharetta and we have a shooting range here called sharpshooters yep don't ever go there they suck and there that's all I'm going to say I'm just going to say my my own personal opinion is don't go there they suck now we can move on okay (laughs) uh I had nothing to do with that let me just go ahead and separate the hell out of myself from that uh you know uh sorry the the scene where he's this is a very tough Riggs. scene to watch where Riggs is uh about to you know he's contemplating swallow a bullet yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i i didn't realize this but he actually there was a blank in the gun when he's doing this oh god and a lot of people don't realize you know they think well it's a blank big deal there's still some force behind if, that yeah ask brandon lee who was killed by a blank. yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that oh my yeah, god i'm about to cry it's yeah just- Realizing he thought, he that. thought it would make it more realistic, which, well, yeah, I suppose it would. But there, when he puts that gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger, if he had pulled that trigger in this moment, he would have killed himself. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know if he knew that. I don't know if I, 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 I'm amazed that because for anybody who's ever been on a set when firearms are there, I mean, there the are checks and balances in that system is yeah. amazing. Like yeah. you get you get people to double, triple, quadruple yeah. check that and, equipment. And, and there is somebody on set who is the the firearms. It is their master. job. And if they can shut everything down at any moment, they can just say no. They get not, like yeah. the breeze can blow weird, right. and they're like, yeah. no, 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 we're we're not doing this today or whatever. Well, they God. ruined um, later on in the movie. Uh, he uses a a sniper rifle. Um, Riggs does. Riggs does. 
And the sniper rifle, and I don't have it in front of me what the model was. I know it was the one that the Israelis, I think they developed it after the uh, the Munich uh, massacre. Okay. Uh, specifically to go after the people who did it. Um, but the there were only, I think, two in the United States when they were filming this movie. They wow. cost 10000 bucks a pop. And when they were making the movie, they borrowed one of them from a, a gun store in California, which just happened to be one of the two in the country. Okay. When they were making that scene, though, um, the bipod for that gun had not come out yet. Rifle, excuse me, for people who are very pedantic about that. Get, that, get it and together. Are, and believe me, there are people who will get mad at yes. me if I, if I say... No, if Josh and, was in the room right now, he would have corrected I, you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know a Navy SEAL, though, in his experience. His if you're in San Francisco, they'd yeah. be pulling snakes <laughs> yeah. out their bags. But the bipod wasn't available, so the people making the movie did the next best thing. They just found another bipod and welded it to the gun. Good lord. So they had to pay 10,000 bucks to the uh to the gun store because Yeah, they, because they destroyed, they destroyed the gun. <laughs> they, you know, there's only two in the whole country and you ruined one of them. Yep. Um but uh n- and not to ruin this awesome history of guns, but uh we've gone past some pretty quintessential stuff, some character laying Oh yeah, yeah. information. There's so much in this movie. There's a whole lot to pick from, but they're they're laying the bricks and mortar of Riggs's personality specifically because Danny Glover, it doesn't take long to get a beat on him. Like you said, he's the family man. He's responsible, well-standing cop, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you find out later he's never had a scratch on him 25 years in yeah. the force, man. And too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Not, I'm getting too old for this shit. He does I'm, not say he, that in this I'm movie. I'm too yeah. old for this shit, yeah. yep. But Riggs, and we see even from his cocaine Christmas lot scene that he is batshit insane because (laughs) not just from licking cocaine. Yet you kind of hope that that's contributing to his insanity, but then you find out later it's not. But regardless, uh, he almost gets shot and killed in the Christmas lot. And then he's sort of daring the shooter to kill him, and he's he's slapping himself in the head and just being generally crazy. But then, like you said, at that scene where he's about to kill himself potentially with a blank brandon lee style uh he's sitting there mourning over his obviously dead wife yeah because he's wearing a wedding band and he's looking at the pictures of their wedding day and uh oddly enough listening to bugs bunny in the background yeah and (laughs) which just sends such mixed signals it hurts it's i mean you have to think okay well it's made by warner brothers so they have the license (laughs) i mean you know that's really it's got to be it it's like well we don't have to pay anybody so and it's almost like Bugs Bunny was kind of the salvation of the moment because they shoot, they like, they pan over to the TV where Bugs Bunny, they're doing a rendition of A Christmas Carol. And Bugs Bunny just blows in. He's like, Merry Christmas, everyone, in his Bug, Bugs Bunny voice, which I can't do. But That's a tough voice. That's, a, that's, that's Mel Blanc. You know? It is. Yeah. I, I'll never be able to do that. But, uh, yeah. Well, I see, I think that with Mel Gibson... I think what's going on the crazy's here, baked right in. Well, as we well know in 2019, and I'm 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 gonna say that it was Clark Gable, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But but I'll I'll yeah. go back and check. But during World War II, Clark Gable volunteered for every single bomber mission that he could the most dangerous missions that he could volunteer for. No, well, it may have also been Clark Gable, but um. Uh, it's a wonderful life. 
No, I know what you, yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart did something similar. He was a pilot as well. So they, he, he was too, but Clark Gable was literally trying to commit suicide. Oh no. Jimmy Stewart yeah. wasn't trying to do that. No. He was just serving his country. But. He, he reasoned that committing suicide was bad. He didn't want to commit suicide, but he wanted to put himself in the most likely scenario yeah, he, in which he would be exactly. Killed. He kept putting him in a scenario because why he, do we know I, why? I I need to go. I, you know, this is a distant memory of mine. I need to go. I need to go back and research. We'll we'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes if I can find an article. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, guys, that talks don't worry. about it. But and I'll make you read my descriptions. Yes, and I think that is something that that's that's Riggs. Riggs doesn't. And people who have dealt with suicide, I think, would probably agree with this. Most people who actually do commit suicide, at their core, did not want to die. They wanted help. And they, you know, it, you know, somebody, I, I, a psychologist I know once said, a successful suicide is a failed suicide that went too far. Because most people, you know, they, it's, you know, people want to live. And they want help, but they can't ask for it. There's something stopping them from asking for it. And I think that's Riggs, you know, he he clearly doesn't actually want to die. Because well, he finds this family, the Murtaugh's, and he, you know, he puts this stuff in his past, and he chooses to live, and he says goodbye to his wife. Well, he chooses know. to live regardless, with even before the Murtaugh's, because... In the scene where he's about to shoot himself, right? He, he yeah. when he meets Danny Glover the next morning, he says, "Do you know why I get up every morning, man? It's because of the job." Yeah, like he's yeah. got he's yeah. got something in the back of his mind that keeps him getting out of bed and keeps him from harming himself. Right. But that doesn't stop him from putting himself in harm's way in a right. major way, because yeah. even more so than any of the other cops on the force. But yeah. we've got to stop for a second about Mel Gibson and how Gary crazy Busey. he is. Because, yeah, Gary Busey, bef <laughs> before the motorcycle accident, <laughs> yeah. far previous, but he was just just as strange, if not, oh, yeah. if not more oh, yeah. strange back then. Like And Mr. Joshua. Yeah, he's Mr. Joshua. Mr. Joshua. And uh, I found some really interesting information about this because, um, according to Mental Floss, not only were the actors, like you mentioned to me, off, uh, off of the recording, Jason, they were trained in all manner of Taekwondo. Including capoeira. Gyro controls his heart. He only sleeps four hours a night. <laughs> you know, and I know I shouldn't say this because if somebody was really good at capoeira, they could just clean the floor with me. Oh, 100%. But go on YouTube and look up videos of doing capoeira. I think part of the strategy is that your opponent is laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> tambourine, tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway i i'm gonna tweet all this at john roberts he tends to like my tweets he's my tv mom but anyway uh gary Busey, getting back to how insane he is they do this weird test with him because he's this what german mercenary no he's, what, a, he's what american kind of because he's american because he was he fought in viet well the backstory is that he fought in vietnam and then right and right, then right 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 he, okay he went from army to cia that's right. Yeah. And he, these are all bad CIA guys. And the thing that he does is that to prove what a badass he is, he lets his boss burn him with a lighter for about 30 straight seconds. But, yeah. And here's the thing. According to Mental Flaws, Gary Busey thought about a shark while prepping his bad guy role as Mr. Joshua. He said, I always build a backstory for my characters to get in the mood of it, Busey told Empire. Uh, 
because he went to a really like strange place for this one role in particular mr joshua he would walk through his grandmother's blood to get a postage stamp and never look at her he's like i had this look and uh it just gave me the eyes of a shark which has no life it's neat doing that and i'm just like whoa gary Busey was so weird back in the day oh god all the references because they rolled over Oh. Wait, sorry. <laughs> Quint turned Irish at the end of that. <laughs> Shark's eyes and oh. doll's eyes. Do we know what happened to Rick and Morty, by the way? No, but I'm so much happier now. <laughs> we just crossed over like four different yeah. things at once. Try to keep uh, up, folks. Uh, get on our level. No, but, um, but Gary Busey, though, it's, it is interesting because when you watch this, you think, you know, he, uh, yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> I mean, he's, what a what a fantastic yeah, summation. Well, I you know he was you know he was in this. He was in um, another movie with Danny Glover, uh, which he, was Predator Two. Oh snap! He was. Yeah, he was. He he was. He played the part that Arnold Schwarzenegger was. It was written for Arnold, but then Arnold said, nah, "I'm out." Predator Two. Nah, there no. doesn't need to be another one. No, and I'm going to do Eraser. Okay. Yeah, see, nobody. Did y'all hear those crickets? We <laughs> yeah. we superimposed them later, but yeah. they were there. Uh, oh, but one thing we miss, uh, you and I love those cheesy moments where the, the title gets mentioned because Danny Glover does say, because he notes that Riggs does all this like different jujitsu and taekwondo, and he's like, yeah. oh, you are the lethal weapon. And hey, just... that's the name of the movie. Whoa! <laughs> But uh, things don't necessarily start to come together, but you get introduced to uh, the suicidal hooker's father. Yes. And who I I don't remember. And I'm, I'm actually looking at the scene trying to remember. Is he a car salesman or does he work in a bank? It's I, a bank. It's a uh, bank. Because okay. the bank is the front for the CIA thing with the heroin. Yeah. Okay. That's which, right. Which you don't know about yet. Yeah. So hang tight, listeners. But yeah, yeah so see, they, this was back in the eighties when we all assumed that the CIA was up to bad stuff, and we didn't know that that they actually were. Hey, it's just <laughs> Slater. It's a mononym. Anyway, um, an Alan Dulles shit show. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just not gonna comment on that. Um, yeah, so Danny Glover goes to see Hunsaker and they sort of establish their history a little bit deeper because uh, Hunsaker is basically yelling at him in the middle of his place of business, in the middle of a bank. You owe me. Well, Mel Gibson you... has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> well, you could, you could smoke anywhere back in the That's 80s. true. It Actually, didn't... no, you're right. Yeah. And yeah. this was California. It's not, it's not New York in the 90s. Giuliani wasn't yeah, there to yeah. police the streets. But uh, Mel Gibson's just sort of given some side eye while this banker man is demanding that Danny Glover look kill at that the Mitsubishi guys. Mitsubishi TV back there. Oh. I want to go out right now and buy a Mitsubishi TV. Oh, God. But uh, and a Pepsi. I want a Pepsi. <laughs> there's no product placement at <laughs> yeah, all. No, no. Oh, that was one thing I was going to bring up when you. Hey, were... and let's go see the Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, Kiefer Sutherland, if you're out there, have your people call our people. We'll do Lost Boys. <laughs> see how many product placements are just in this one scene. I mean, we're in the middle of a busy intersection in L.A., so probably all of yeah, them. Yeah, I wonder if we get to <laughs> see the, the movie badge take... on the car. Yeah, the movie takes place <laughs> yeah. in L.A., so yeah. they, they don't even have an excuse. It's not like a city that's just somehow displaying Wait, all this all right. nonsense. And the director's telling Danny Glover, make sure you hold that Pepsi where we can all see the logo. Oh, now your hand's covering it, Glover. God, get it together. <laughs> and yes, we see the uh, the car, the badge on the car. And God, it's a depressing 
depressing Pontiac. Ugh. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of product placement, uh, there was actually a bit of this where the screenwriter, he made sure to include stickers on Glover's refrigerator. Like when you go to the Murtaugh family house, there's an anti-NRA sticker, which every cop in the world has. First of all, that one. I noticed the uh, the stop apartheid. There's stop apartheid, yeah, but uh, in this... which ties into the sequel. You know, yeah, because that yeah. well, in uh, the director actually got death threats over that. Since really? A, yeah, since apartheid was so hot button back then, uh, oh, which you know these days it's not so big of a deal. Like if I'm at an awkward dinner party where somebody you know gives a bad joke or there's an awkward silence, I'll just say something like, "So apartheid." Glad that's over, right, gang? And usually that brings people back and at least forces them to say something else. So there's well, that. Well, yeah, I mean it's. You know, it, it's God. Who was who was sending him death? I don't believe it. I think he probably got two death threats, and he blew it out of proportion. Like, oh, you're getting tons of death threats. I mean, know? who are you, Anthony Jeselnik? You're not getting any death threats. You didn't throw a shark party. Come on. Yeah. Whenever I was young, people used to wish I was dead to my face. <laughs> I wish you were dead. Wow. To what was going on with you? Ugh, poor Jason. But uh, see, now I'm trying to remember what kind of car. You know, no, 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 that, no, it's an Oldsmobile. Oh, is that what it is? It was an Oldsmobile. You're an yeah. Oldsman mobile, so of course you recognize it. Yeah, I used to have an Oldsmobile. I believe that. It never worked. Well, that's not surprising Brand either. new from the factory. When they're old, they... No, this was brand new. It was a play on words, and but it, you just it, interrupted yeah. me in the drinking, in yeah. the telling of it. Yeah, um, in the drinking. <laughs> I mean, drinking? What? Some obvious product placement here, gang. Yeah, product placement is terrible. Excuse me while I drink some very... Here. Variant, we love you, and Variant, mm. you will know from God, our last. That's refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel more clear and refreshed when I drink Variant. <laughs> I work so much better when first thing in the morning I have a couple of crowlers. Of Variant <laughs> a beer. couple of crowlers. Good <laughs> lord, that's that's a lot of beer. But um, how does he do so well at meetings? Uh, we'll never know. <laughs> Just like the licks to a tootsie pop. Because I'm sloshed. There's that. <laughs> No, but seriously, once again, we are drinking a couple of our favorite beers from Variant Brewing in downtown Roswell, yes. Georgia. Uh, you know, near Dallanaga, as Jason would call it. Not the one with the aliens. <laughs> not the not, one, yeah, not, not that one. Not the one with the aliens. Not the one where you get probed. Well, uh, as far as we know. I mean, I'm not, they could have aliens. Hashtag off Oh, silence. but Variant does have a Stargate. Do they? You haven't seen this? They're doing it in Roswell, the uh, uh, the sculpture um i, I haven't I, seen that yet they're they're roswell right now it, I, I think it's still going on they're they're having a thing where basically they have um different businesses and locations will will sort of act as an installation for a, a piece of art oh cool and the one variant is a stargate and i don't care what the artist thought it was it's a stargate <laughs> go and it's look. a loose interpretation of da vinci's this no it's no a it's stargate. a stargate <laughs> the, the rings are locking it's a stargate sorry artist but, uh, yes, once again, uh, we love variants. We always put up links to them to our website. So if you ever want to check out their ever-evolving list of beers, they're always coming out with new and exciting flavors. Tell me that's not a Stargate. That is 100% a Stargate. <laughs> it's absolutely a Stargate. See, this is terrible product placement because you keep art, interrupting yeah, me. Ar- uh, it's Art Around Tour. Okay. And so we can do a link to that in the episode description as well, so that you guys can take a look at what's going on with it. Apparently the artist works exclusively in Stargates. <laughs> yeah. Th- I mean, that's a blue Stargate as opposed to the brown Stargate you just showed me. Hey, that's me. fine. You but know. It works. 
But yeah, so check out Variant Beer. They've got, uh, they've always got some, you know, different flavors to try out. They actually got Jason to switch. I'm loving this. I'm loving this Dark Alchemy. Yeah, he actually switched from what the Norcross Street. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think. See, I'm the sort of person that I, I, I don't know if it's like an obsessive compulsive thing or whatever, but like if I go to a restaurant that has seven thousand things on the menu, and I go there the first time and I like what I ordered the first time. Going to stick with that one. I will never, because I'm so terrified. Literally, it wakes me up at night that I will order something different you and can't get let, it and then feel like, damn, I should have gotten what I always get. You can't let fear control you, Jason. <laughs> you know, I actually, uh, my good friend, uh, Adam, who uh, is going to guest host uh, at some point on the show, he and I actually, we developed a standard unit of jealousy. Yeah, the jelly. We've the discussed jelly. that on this show before. We did? On our very first episode on Rocco's oh, Modern God, Life. I don't remember anything from that far back. Uh, you said That was like a million years ago. It was. Uh, you said that the starting point of the standard of jealousy is like being at a restaurant with a friend. Mm-hmm. You were debating possibly getting the same entree they did, but you got a different one. Yes. And then you have one jelly yeah. over the fact that theirs yeah. looks better than yours. Yeah. If you, if, you re- if you wish that you had gotten the entree that your friend got, that's one jelly. And then I yes. asked you what the ultimate jelly was. Was it something akin to murdering your spouse? And you were like, nah, murdering your spouse isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, that's nowhere near that. I mean, that's... <laughs> so there's that. But speaking of craziness, uh, we actually just get to see this progression of just how crazy Mel Gibson ah! Riggs is. Because <laughs> Sorry, we just, we just watched the part where, where uh, Murtaugh put his hand between the hammer and... And the uh, the bullet yes. in his gun, I've done that before accidentally, oh, and dear. I can tell you it hurts like way uh, more than an ah. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts like a yeah. whole bunch of bitches in a bitch boat. I've never heard that expression before. If you have heard that expression, tweet it because tweet it at t- us. Tell us where it's from because I know where it's from. At Darth underscore Jader underscore yeah. and at North Foggy. That is an old Cartoon Network reference. Okay, so good. Adult Swim reference. Okay, so that one and, oh, Mr. Drysdale. Because apparently... (laughs) Mr. Drysdale. People don't know where that's from either. So hit us up on Twitter so we know that you guys are actually there. Joel Hodgson, if you're listening, I know you know that joke. Oh, my goodness. Because that's who I stole it from. My dad knows the Mr. Drysdale joke. Mr. Drysdale. (laughs) He was a fan of that particular... (laughs) Who wasn't? Yeah, I'm not even going to say what it was because that'll give you guys yeah. too much of a hint. But uh, going back to the craziness, uh, we basically see this progression of Riggs getting crazier and crazier because yeah. he goes up. But on funny, to- crazy. Yeah, in, yeah, in a weird crazy. way, because yeah. um, Danny Glover's the straight lace cop and Riggs is not. Uh, he Riggs goes up on this roof and he's like, I've, and you hear like little faint slips of Mel's accent back in the '80s yeah, when he still yeah. had an actual Australian accent. Because he is from Australia, all you young listeners out there. Well, he had it surgically removed. Didn't oh, he? I think so. Yeah, after it was that this pr- movie. Yeah. It was the anti Aussie surgery. Yeah, um, I, I think that's the street name for it. For I think all the, the Australians would refer to that as castration. Uh, more or less. There are most hardcore listeners anyway. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> hey. He now he now drinks fake Foster's beer in, in just the memory of being as badass as you guys. It's Australian for Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's made in Canada. <laughs> by Canada. We didn't want you anyway. We're oh, I didn't lo- even think they were even listening. <laughs> we're loved by Australia. We don't care about anybody else. Oh, geez. Come on now. 
<laughs> we don't hate the Canadians. We love you guys. Yeah. Roused Especially hour. since you gave us Rick Moranis and John Candy, I believe. So. And Zap Roused Hour. And Ryan Reynolds. And Zap Roused And hour. Jim Carrey. And Zap Roused Hour. Oh, for the love the, of God. The greatest action hero in cinema history. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> Uh, but the point is that Riggs goes up on the roof trying to talk down this suicide jumper, ends up cuffing himself to said jumper, and jump. And I got confused with this. Yeah. What? He has a little ball spot when he turns his head. Oh, that's just a patch. Like lots yeah. of people have that. But um, it it just that's just nature's way of telling you that you're exceeding your hairline. <laughs> like you you don't need to have hair in front of this patch. But anyway. I'm trying to tell this story for the 40th time. Right, Riggs gets up. up on a damn roof, cuffs himself to someone who's attempting suicide or about to, and jumps off the roof with him. Yes. And everyone acts surprised. I know. Because that's what I don't understand is that there's this huge, huge inflatable safety yeah. pad that the fire department is putting underneath yeah. the jumper. And, and Riggs directs the jump onto the safety pad so they won't die. <laughs> yeah. And then Danny Glover's like, what? What? Are you that crazy? And they have this huge fight. And I'm it gonna, doesn't make any sense. He's like, you really are crazy. Now I'm going to get killed. <laughs> and I'm, like, he's just so pissed off. And I'm like. He's so it, deliciously pissed off at him. And they, they Damn it, ha- Riggs. Tamara Riggs, 25 years on oh, the force. I think this is the part where, you know, because also in the 80s, every house in Los Angeles had at least two women in lingerie at Doing all cocaine times. in a doing, bay window. Doing cocaine. And one of them had to be sort of dressed as a dominatrix. Kind of. That was that was just how our people Either a did dominatrix things. or a Catholic schoolgirl. I think those were the think, only variations. Yeah. And there was no yeah, in between. Yeah. And pretty much, yeah, I think in the 80s, those were those were your choices. And so um, you got to wonder, um, which cop would go for which style? I think Rick's would, I think it'd be surprisingly opposite. Like Riggs would go for the Catholic schoolgirl and um, uh, Murtaugh would go for the uh, dominatrix. No, no, I think Riggs would go for the dominatrix. Murtaugh's already got a, a wife. Um so he doesn't need to be told what to do. <laughs> That's his whole wah, life. You know? <laughs> Sorry, Elaine. <laughs> no, look, but um, I actually, speaking of, damn it, Riggs, I decided, because previously I decided that the next dog I get was going to be named Kyle. Because I wanted... Right, we I, discussed this at rehearsal the other day. Yes, yes. But because I wanted <laughs> the most non-dog name I could think of. I just wanted a human name. So I could just go, Kyle, would you like to go for a walk? <laughs> Kyle and I are going for a walk. You'll just sound like a British old man. <laughs> yes, and I can tell people, well, you know, Kyle sleeps with me. I sleep with Kyle every night. He's, he likes He's to, my very special friend. Yeah, Kyle nuzzles between my legs at night, <laughs> you know. He keeps my butt warm. <laughs> it is a little annoying when Kyle starts sniffing me in the middle of the night. The know? worst part is when he starts licking my ankles. Yes. it's just, When I get out of the shower. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I decided instead of that, I'm going to name my dog Riggs. <laughs> Kyle, stop sniffing my crotch. Please, we're in public. Kyle, get away from that female bitch. <laughs> you see? It's a great name. Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Especially if you're just stop like... Stop licking that bitch, Kyle. <laughs> especially if you're just highbrow exasperated with them about it all the time. Kyle. And you always We're have- in public. And you always have to tell people about it in a very dramatic way. Kyle and I aren't speaking to each other right now. It's like if Fraser Crane and Eddie actually got along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he'd have to call him, you know, Edward. Well, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. I'm um, surprised that Fraser ever did call Eddie 
Eddie. Yeah, that because is that's true. just so not a, a Fraser. And I know, I know that it's Fraser's dad's dog, but yeah, but you think out of sheer petulance, he yeah. would have called him Edward. Well, it's like in that yeah. show that I've told you about. You, you on Netflix. This guy goes by Joe, and he's dating this one girl, and one of her friends is always like Joseph, Joseph, just to piss him off, and it's it's fantastic. So I can I can see you having that kind of a relationship with your dog. Um, yeah. Well, so I decided though Riggs would be better. Because and they, why is that? Because anytime he does something, you know, naughty, I can go, damn, damn it, Riggs! Riggs, <laughs> stop smelling that thing! God damn it! Too old for this shit. <laughs> you just want a reason to say, I'm too old for this shit. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's oh, all you want. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, uh, so now we get some... We get a little bit of a turnaround with Riggs' craziness. Because he and Murtaugh show up and they're going to talk to a potential witness. And Danny Glover's sitting there like, okay, you know what that means, Riggs. We talk to him. We don't rough him up by jumping him off a building or shooting him or anything crazy like that. Right, yeah. And then it turns out the guy's doing cocaine with the dominatrix in the bikini or whatever. Like you do. Like you do. And uh, (laughs) then Riggs ends up using his sort of style of violence to save danny glover's life yeah because at first danny glover puts the guy down on the ground he's like look see Riggs, we did we did things my way and i'm gonna go over here and be happy while you read him his <laughs> yeah, rights yeah. i'm gonna stand right here <laughs> so he knows exactly where i and the guy's <laughs> yeah. bent over clearly holding something <laughs> yeah, underneath so this rib cage <laughs> and then as they stand him up he pulls a gun on danny glover and Riggs saves danny glover from being shot uses his style of violence, yeah. kicks the guy into yeah. the pool, <laughs> and the guy drowns in the plastic cover yeah. that was on top of the pool. So Those things are so scary, those plastic covers on pool, because that's, that's what happens to you. That's even scarier than falling into a pool. Oh, like, yeah. It's yeah. Just, the plastic I, is terrible. Yeah, I mean, Michael Phelps, if he fell into one of those, would drown in a pool. That's how dangerous those damn oh, things God. are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying. No, I, at first, I was really scared for, it's that time, like I said, uh, I wish Tim Curry would haunt me. And you were like, wait, what? And you were like, Tim Curry's not dead. And I was like, no, he's not dead. And you were like, oh my God, Jade, you can't do stuff like that. He's still that. not dead, right? No, he's fine. Okay. Um, Unless you're listening to this on a repeat. I thought you were about... <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me that Michael Phelps had died in a tragic pool plastic tent accident. <laughs> and I was like, no. No, that would be the most ironic death in history. That'd be like no. Lance Armstrong being hit by a bike. No, the, the most ironic death already happened. Steve Irwin, because he should have died yeah, via yeah. crocodile or alligator, but he died via... Manta ray. Manta ray, yeah. Stingray. Do Stingray, I mean, I can't remember which ray, but... Bastards. It, known as the bastards of the animal kingdom. No, people actually started killing them, like, after Steve Irwin died. And it's like, you guys know it's not a collective group yeah, of, like, they terrorists. Didn't, yeah, it's they not, didn't it's plan not, it. They, you know, it's not a Bond villain where if, there's, like, one man, one Stingray going, good, go out and kill all the naturalists. Now somebody bring me a hairless cat to pet. Yeah. Uh, no, but if anything, they should have uh, ganged up on cameramen because yeah. it was the cameraman's fault that the ray spooked, Was it? Uh, uh, the cameraman oh, spooked the ray, evidently, and that's why its, uh, it's barb went up because Steve was swimming above it, and then it caught him in the chest killed him. straight to the heart yeah yeah um sorry everybody you're all like really super depressed now yeah welcome to the podcast where but we... his kids his kids are doing uh um, bendy and robert yeah. yeah they're they're they have their own projects now and they're continuing on steve Irwin's legacy and 
there, that's a happy ending to that story. Move oh, no, on. An, an even happier ending is Robert keeps appearing on the Jimmy Fallon show, and Jimmy Fallon is just fantastically skittish with animals, especially the ones that Robert Irwin brings on to his show. <laughs> uh, he sort of put a sloth on Jimmy Fallon because you've got to kind of hold up their little bent yeah. claws, and he was like, oh, my God, it's on me. Like, I don't know what to do. And he brings on, like, spiders and kangaroo babies. Or You know, I heard an interesting uh, fact about sloths. And, Which is. And I know that everyone will be interested in this. Well, because the internet, is, they're the new cats of the internet. Yeah, they so, kind of are. Yeah. The sloth only comes down from its tree to <laughs> urinate. I would like huh. to, I wish that I could speak sloth. So and that see I if could, that was true. I could just tell them, you know, you could probably just piss up there. Yeah. And, and <laughs> hey, maybe they want to be good neighbors because maybe Jeff the squirrel is a few branches down going, did I leave the gas on? <laughs> <laughs> no I'm a squirrel I'm a freaking squirrel <laughs> or maybe he's trying on eddie Izzard's makeup you never yeah. know and then it, the makeup gets ruined so yeah. just yeah. be considerate sloths don't listen to jason so yeah um we have a pretty stressful day with Riggs and murtaugh they they kill the cocaine guy and there's, yeah. there's a lot of cocaine in the last couple so of days. much cocaine and yet and this is what i don't get about and i think this is just a thing of the 80s and the 90s before our general area became the heroin triangle uh, yeah. because back in the day heroin was like the ultimate evil of all drugs yeah yeah and, and listeners i'm not condoning the use of heroin i'm not it, it's still a horrendous drug but it used to be it used to have a more mysterious like horrendous quality to it well where, that's because all the people making the movies were coke addicts Oh, and they were like, <laughs> you know, we know how this drug yeah, works. No, Let's uh, make fun of this other one. <laughs> uh, we're fine with cocaine. Nah. Cocaine gives you energy. It's what plants crave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah uh, see, this is one reason why kids today suck. Is because, you know, oh, with your methamphetamine. Uh, cocaine didn't rot your teeth, damn it. Oh, God. <clears throat> I mean, Robert Downey Jr. and Johnny Depp bounce back from cocaine habits. Yeah, exactly. So, the, I mean, lesson learned. Yeah. But, uh yeah, so it, that's just what I I kind of remember that from my childhood. And whenever there was like a drug bus movie or a cop movie, it was just oh heroin, the ultimate evil. It was just like the Darth Vader of the drug universe. You're really coming across as kind of pro heroin. Just just saying that. Quiet. <laughs> Don't tip off the police. Heroin. <laughs> they would they would smoking marijuana joints and doing heroin. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually said the word heroin on our Twitter account the other day, guys, and it actually has two meanings depending on how you spell it. Yes. So uh, we it's were talking It's a heroin about... conference. What, you mean like a jazz club? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing interesting here, too, this is such an 80s thing for what Danny Glover... Danny Glover's uh, um, bought a, a Hulk, I think is the name of it. That's what uh, you call a boat. His whenever, boat. Yeah. Yeah. A boat that is completely not uh seaworthy and it's called the shamrock because danny glover's the most irish man in the world <laughs> yeah well you know <laughs> as I'm we sure, well know he's gonna paint over that and name sure. it you know the i'm too old yeah for the this. i'm too old for this shit <laughs> yeah the ss too old for this shit. <laughs> that's it if i ever own a yacht that's what it's gonna be named <laughs> oh god but yeah and they, they have kind of a or the funny... ss roger murtaugh that's what it's going to be named. There you go. The SS Roger Murtaugh. That's a very Friends moment. The, uh, the Navy needs to name its next aircraft carrier, okay. the Murtaugh class. Well, we've got a bunch of things involving Danny Glover. We've got the hashtag tombstone movement uh, where we want Danny Glover's tombstone. God forbid when and if 
He oh, got too old got for too this. Old for this <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that. And now we want, an, uh, what, an aircraft carrier or boat Danny of some Glover's sort? never going to die, though. Danny Glover's going to live forever. That's me knocking on wood because yeah. we've lost too many damn celebrities in the last few years. Danny Glover can't die. He's he's one of those people that just, he's going to go on forever. Stop challenging fate. Is, like, he, our, like, is he the next Morgan Freeman? Wait, Morgan Freeman's not dead, is he? No, I'm just oh. saying Morgan Freeman, but Morgan Freeman's older than Danny Glover. Yeah, but Morgan Freeman also can't die. And if he does die, it's not going to be that big of a deal because he's basically God. Oh, so, so they're just a club of immortal black actors is what you're talking about. No, there there are... Or is um, it just specific people? Or uh, I don't know what you're going with right there, now, there, Jason. There, there are certain people that just, no, they're going to live forever. You what? hear me, God? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, they have Riggs over, and they've had kind of a shift in their day where Riggs really shows how crazy he is, but how effective his craziness can be. And then he gets invited over for family dinner with the Murtaugh's, and even though Danny Glover's wife is the worst cook in the natural-born universe. Yeah, they really, I know. They they, bring it up a lot. They really hit that joke hard a lot in this movie. That's like one of the first things he says to his wife. He comes downstairs in the morning on his birthday after, you know, the whole family surprises him naked in the bathroom. Hey, Dad, we see your genitals. Yeah, and then one kid, that was a dad moment, because he's going down the stairs, the kids are running up, and he swipes a piece of bacon from his kid. Yeah. Hey, that's my bacon. Well, now it's my bacon. And then... The wife says something about Jeopardy, and he, to some extent, he's like, "Oh, they don't have they don't have chefs or like questions about cooks on Jeopardy." Yeah. <laughs> they immediately start ragging on his wife's cooking, and uh, when they even bring Riggs for dinner, Danny Glover's like poking around in the oven. He's like, "What is this? It's like a charred brick of something." And yeah. what happened to the fish? And she's like, "Don't worry about the fish." <laughs> like, it's well, just... And then what? What is it in the end where he says like Riggs? Did you really like my like my wife's cooking? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an important moment. He's being honest with him. Yeah. So he's being very honest. So they're they're starting to form their cop bond, which you do. Oh yeah, they're like best friends now. You know, oh, let's be honest. We get yeah. They're well, they're getting there cuz they start making jokes uh, cuz Riggs is like, "Do you trust me?" and Danny Glover's like, "If you go one whole day without killing anybody mm. tomorrow, including me, I'll trust you. Which, who did he kill today? He didn't kill anybody. No. He jumped off the roof no, he... with that guy, but saved his life by jumping onto a soft landing pad. I, mean, I don't know. you could kind of argue. Oh, no, he killed the guy, the guy in the pool. In the pool you know, yeah, he... that's, yeah, technically, because yeah. he did push him in. So I mean, I really, know. that was, you know, I mean, he didn't technically kill him. The plastic, the plastic killed did. him. The plastic know? and the lack of oxygen. Yeah, um, <laughs> it wasn't the fall; it was the sudden stop. Okay, <laughs> yes, it's the it's the five hundred and ninety nine feet that are really fun. It's yeah. that last foot that where you splat. That's where you have sucks. to be, you have to be very careful in that last foot. Yeah, you you got to stick that landing <laughs> yeah. or you're hooked. You got to do that perfect, or the whole trip is worthless. Um. Okay, so now Danny Glover's like finally getting back into the case because they venture off for quite a minute like trying to get into the family way and make Riggs part of it and then that you know danny glover's obviously yeah. looking into the hooker tapes yeah. and so he yeah he, he pops in playboys girls of the big 10 which it's just like <laughs> this is 1987 so you have to assume that there's only one television in that <laughs> yeah. entire house yeah so if any of his children or his wife just happened upon him just staring at porn of well but they're apparently comfortable with seeing his genitals though, i mean so, yeah apparently you know. they're a very open family so uh guys that's not normal by the way we're here to tell you yeah and also if you do it please don't have a yearbook 
with her picture from high school. Yeah, you class know, that, of eighty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Amanda Hunsicker. That's and aw. and what's funny is the guy next. And I don't know if that's supposed to be his, her brother, but there's a guy next to her in the yearbook named Beverly Hunsucker. Seriously. I, I no, mean, that, that, I mean, it's in. The, <laughs> I believe you. You know, someone had to think of that and put that in the book or in the movie, you know. Oh, and uh, mentioning this cat right here uh, that's happening because Danny Glover falls asleep after watching all the porn and looking at the high school yearbook. He wakes up the next morning with Burbank the cat sitting on his chest. And when you watch the credits, that's the cat's that's actual name, name. His name is Burbank. Unless okay. he's like Cleo in The Mummy and that's just his stage name as a cat. Well, you know, it probably if you looked him up on IMDb, it would say he was born something else, you know. Sir Alex Rutherington <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something yeah. fancy, like a racehorse. But they they changed it to Burbank the cat so he wouldn't get any stalkers. You know, we're going to need to do uh, Lethal Weapon 2 because it'll be the second movie we've done that was busted. That had something busted from uh, Mythbusters. Oh, uh, Mythbusters. Yeah, we actually tweeted at Mythbusters, so y'all get back to us on that with the mirror. Yeah, trick. come on, Adam Savage, I bring it. Jamie Heineman has gone pretty quiet. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, Adam I don't, Savage is the Adam only Sa- one who's yeah. really still hanging around. Well, he's got a new. Show. He's got a new Mythbusters. He's got the Mythbusters Junior. Junior yeah, yep. which uh, great scene. Again, I own both these guns, and I love them both. He's really referencing his penis. But yeah, both of them. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard it has a costume. But um, anyway, I prefer to think of it as a uniform. But you know, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I just started like any good sailor. <laughs> but yeah, so you opened the door. <laughs> I did. No, that's what I said. I started something. Sorry, Elaine. Sorry, Josh. Sorry, everyone. Ugh. Anyway. You yeah, know, you get into the gun the, the gun range scene, and it's good because uh, they're both good shots. Is something in this scene, this is something that has genuinely confused me my entire life. If you look at uh, Danny Glover in this scene, if you look at uh-huh. his tie, he's got a tie bar. It's a piece of metal that's clipped to his collar, and the tie is on top of it. My entire life, I have wondered, what the hell is the point of that thing? What's it supposed I, to be doing? I don't see the metal on his tie. Look at his tie. I. No, no. When, it's when not it, giving me a great angle at the moment. Yeah, when, when it does a close up of his tie, you'll see he has a tie bar. And it's a piece of metal that just is underneath his tie. I, doesn't that keep it straight? Kind of like a tie clip? No, it's not a tie clip. What? I have never heard of a tie bar. No, it, 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 I've only ever heard of a tie clip. No, I. I and, and a tie. Yeah, see, look. Did you see it? I sort of saw it, yeah. Yeah. It's just a thing that's a piece of metal underneath his tie. I've seen people wear them. I'm going to Google it and find out what the hell a tie bar is for. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you see, look, right there. No, yes, I, I, yeah, Yeah, I see what you're looking at. I'm just, I'm asking Google, what is a tie bar? As he, as he blasts away with that Smith & Wesson. Yeah, and he, you know, he nails the guy. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, straight through the head. Yeah, and it's great. But then Mel Gibson, yeah, Riggs just, you know, Riggs just shames him, pones him. Um, okay, yeah, I was right. A tie clip, also tie slide, tie bar, or tie clasp, is a clothing accessory that is used to clip a tie to the underlying front shirt, preventing it from swinging and ensuring that the tie hangs straight. So there you go. It's keeping it straight, just like I said. Huh. 
Okay. I but guess. you insisted that a tie bar is different than a tie clip. It is. A tie clip is like down here and it clips on the thing. And Are the... you telling me that the geographical positioning of the clip makes it different? Like, <laughs> Yes, it does. Okay, then. Boy, look at the action on that Beretta. God, that's a good gun. Jason's like... Sorry, I just, I love that gun. I don't it's even a, know. It's, it's... I actually had to, uh, to uh, reach for mine today because our security alarm went off. Oh, dear. And we suspect it was a malfunction. Was there was there an Irishman outside? No, 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 no. I, well, there was an Irishman yesterday, but I sent him to your house. Uh, and yeah. I, and I didn't get into a fight with him. I yeah. squared off with him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, th- there was an, a, drunk a knife Irish, involved. Yeah, a drunk Irishman in New Orleans and a knife was involved. I think there's a country song to be written. No, because <laughs> there was no dog, no truck, no train. Mm-hmm. Okay. When uh, my mama got out nope, of prison. No, 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 no. Oh, you brought that upon yourself. I love controversy, but that's a, that's a bridge too far. You brought that upon yourself. Um. Oh yeah, but now we're down to Dixie. Or oh, you're, you're gonna, gonna buzz, buzz Dixie. Dixie. And the kid these, wearing like, the 3D. Car. These like little mushmouth fat Albert kids just sitting in the middle of a neighborhood. Damn, dude. What they're just hanging out, doing nothing, and talking and talking trash. Isn't that what Fat Albert and the gang used to do? And that house blows. That's a '90s way to go. I mean, an '80s way to I go. Was about to say it. Yeah, sorry. You know, uh, is having your house blown up by obviously, you know, uh, a person who does this for movies. And- <laughs> <laughs> and the house is clearly hollowed out to have the most effect. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Very, it's it's very know, obviously, yeah. It's just, like, you know, tender. So I... I wish we could dress like this nowadays. I would wear either what Riggs or Murtaugh is wearing. I, I can see you that. in the Murtaugh outfit for sure, because you're, is you're halfway lot... there as it is. Is Riggs' shirt... Is that denim? It's not denim. No, it's not denim. It it's looks like, like denim. It's like pre-Columbia shirts. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah. And it's he's got it like all unbuttoned, and he's got a cotton undershirt to go with it, and it just it looks good on him. God, this movie makes me want to smoke. Because <laughs> I mean, Mel Gibson's, Mel Gibson's lighting up every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. One well, at one point, Danny Glover's like, "I don't want you to smoke in the car. I take care of myself. I work out." And it's like, "Yeah, Riggs works out too, way more than you, Danny." Yeah, Glover. a lot more, <laughs> a lot more. Um, but yeah, so they go to Dixie's house. It blows up, and that's when we start to figure out uh, from one of the little fat Albert kids because uh, they question him, um, and it there's a big plot twist when they question the kid because. Riggs has a tattoo on his arm. Yeah. That apparently the guy who bombed Dixie's house also had on his arm. Well, and Riggs somehow in the, uh, sorry, I'm vaping. <laughs> because I, no, they figured that yeah, out a long yeah. time ago because guests on our podcast are like, I've listened to it and you yeah. can really hear Jason's vape on yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, it's very obvious. Deal with it. He doesn't care. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and this is a, a company that we, we are not, they're not our sponsor, but I will say, if you do vape, in Alpharetta, Big Bang Vape Shop, they are outstanding, they have the best people working there, the best quality, best selection, go there. Oh, so we've had two uh, recommendations you and know what? one absolute slam, I, so there's that. Oh, you mean sharpshooters? Stop uh, it. <laughs> the, the gun range that you shouldn't go to because they suck? Yeah, okay. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to go by Big Vame. I'm going to see if they will, uh, maybe they'll be cool with, uh, with sponsoring us also. We, Who knows? Yeah. 
Uh, they can hear you literally vaping their products on our show. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here. This is uh, Sonata 6%. Oh, God. In case you listeners cannot tell, Jason's had a hell of a day, so we're just going to gloss yeah, right no, on a, through. I got a beer in one hand and, <laughs> and his vape in the other. This is one of them days, folks. This is a weapon. Yep. I love this. When's oh, the predator even, coming? Don't even start. You chose lethal weapon like a week and a half ago. When's the predator coming? Uh, I love this one little kid who's. His He's mother got 3D is glasses no, on. no, not just three D glasses. There's a kid who's actually beating him outfit wise because he's got on like a little t shirt, like an Indian leather fringe yeah, coat, yeah. and then like a baseball cap. Well, and it doesn't make it the the outfit is just like your. It's like where did your mom think you well, were going that day? It's L A. And I I love the kid with the three D glasses because. He they, saw that explosion in well, 3D. <laughs> they specifically say 3D on the side, so you know they're 3D glasses. But then when you look at the lenses, you realize that they're not 3D glasses. And he's got them, what looks like masking tape, holding them to the back of well, his head. Well, uh, that's how you get 3D glasses to stay on. I I've, guess. I've never in my life... Yeah, he's literally got them taped so he can treat them like real glasses that will actually stick to his head. Yeah, so he can do the dramatic, you know, lifting, lifting. the glasses, you know. <laughs> Where he's like... And, I love how Danny Glover starts talking to this kid like he's this like he's Forrest yeah, Gump. Like, yeah. what's your name? Oh my goodness! Hey. What color was this guy who blew up this hooker's house? Yeah. <laughs> just... Do you know what a prostitute is? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mel Gibson's so pissed off that they're even talking to a kid. He's like, "Cool, we're gonna put on an APB on Big Bird. This yeah. is gonna be great." <laughs> like, and it's just like, "Come on, man, calm down." And I just love that Riggs is standing. Perfectly so that his tattoo is being is visible to the He's kid. got like this almost fifties style of wearing t shirts where he rolls up his yeah. sleeves like he carries his cigarettes in them. Because he's Mel Gibson and anything he did back then was cool. Oh, I'm not making Whatever fun. He did. Mel Gibson looks good. He he could have had a beanie with a propeller on and, and the I next been. day people would have sold out of beanies with propellers. I would have been all for it. As long as he yelled freedom at the top of his lungs, I'm in. That's great. Now I'm thinking William Wallace with a beanie. See, I'm just thinking about Michael Scott uh, trying to institute prima nocta on Phyllis. So there's that. First night? (laughs) Okay. I love that scene in Braveheart, how, you know, he's got to say prima nocta. Oh, wait, you don't know Latin? I'll explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have that exposition. But Dad, I don't know Latin. Oh, God, <laughs> I wish I was still on the Avengers. <laughs> oh wait, shit! No, that wasn't him. What? No, that was. That what was, are you talking no, that about? Was, that was a different British actor. Sorry. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to do Braveheart and uh, try not to laugh our asses off. Um. I love Braveheart. I, I do too. No, no, I love Braveheart. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. But you have to admit, if you watch it with a few beers and your friends, I mean, it would have to. That almost might need to be one of our special episodes because it's yeah. a three damn hour movie. It is. It's so, a very long movie. Okay, but now we're getting to like the crux of the plot right here because we find out that Dixie the hooker got blown up. Uh, can you spell hooker? That's yeah. our special word of the day. What's up, uh, prostitute? <laughs> Uh, what's a live sex act? <laughs> we'll find that out on career day, Mary. Ask your mom. Oh, lordy. What? She would know. Oh, God. I mean, she's got an internet. Oh, they didn't have it back then. 
Yeah, it's 1987. Uh, but before, but to be fair though, this is the part of the movie where it firmly establishes itself as a proper 1980s action movie because you cannot have, have one without a damn helicopter you have to have in a it. Helicopter in the helicopter. Whoever piloted the helicopter yes. in this movie is a freaking genius, and that's me pounding the yeah. table because his his flight skills. Yeah. Are insane. And he also must have that button like Airwolf had that made his <laughs> helicopter go completely, totally quiet. Yeah. Because I've been around helicopters. They're, believe it or not, they're actually somewhat loud. They whisper. Yeah. <laughs> they whisper in the wind. Yeah, it's not like in an Airwolf. <laughs> that was the sound it made. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and th- but this is kind of the crux of the plot where you find out that Hunsaker like tape deck. Oh God! <laughs> you find out that Hunsaker, uh, his daughter, his hooker daughter. <laughs> let's not forget because hooker's the word of the day. Uh, his hooker daughter. So much eggnog. Actually, <laughs> why is there so much eggnog? Because it's Christmas time. I know, I know but it's just. They went out of their way to establish nine cartons yeah, of Yeah, he has eggnog. nine cartons of unrefrigerated yes. eggnog sitting yes. on top of a desk. Yeah, he's so he's going to go through everything. It's not a in a punch bowl. It's yeah. literally in cartons. Yeah, he has a problem. So, it, well, uh, well, that's where they're hiding the heroin, Jason. <laughs> uh, because that's what you find out. You go in, back into his CIA, like, days in Laos. And, yes, we uh, will hide heroin in eggnog. The dogs, <laughs> the dogs won't be able to smell it. <laughs> dogs can't smell through eggnog that's 80s movie logic Uh, wait i think that was coffee i think we just messed up but (laughs) either way eggnog coffee shit (laughs) damn drug sniffing dogs wait did i say eggnog i meant coffee where's eddie murphy when you need him Uh, but yeah so oh and this is another part that i like (laughs) gary Busey. Shows up because Hunsaker can, confesses the whole thing to the cops that he's behind the heroin or part of the heroin ring. And, you know, the CIA operative, what do they call themselves? Um, oh, I don't even remember. Whatever their secret. Uh, Something 80s-ish. Like, I don't know. We'll call them Wolverines. <laughs> That's entirely the wrong movie franchise. Yeah, but, but it's whatever. the 80s, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, and I love Mel Gibson shooting at a helicopter that's well more than like two. I know. I wish he was screaming. Him. You know, that ah! would have ah! <laughs> made it better. But yeah, so Hunsucker is the reason why his daughter got killed, and then yeah. Gary Busey, who's both piloting and the sniper, and he probably built this... it too. Yeah, knows? most yeah. likely. Uh, that's why and it's he made so the quiet. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so quiet because it's the shark helicopter. <laughs> that's what he was thinking about when he cultivated his character. Yes. And sharks are silent when and they I, attack. I love that he shoots the guy. He shoots him with a high-powered rifle, mm-hmm. goes through the window, goes through him, and puts a tiny little hole through the uh, eggnog, just enough to have the eggnog comically spill out. Well, the eggnog <laughs> is laced with so much heroin that that's it's true. not really liquid that anymore. Is, that so is true. There's a lot why. of heroin in that eggnog. So, yeah, Hunsucker's the reason why his daughter got killed. And now uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover realize that they've got to bring down, like, this big drug cartel of, you know, weird, yeah, you know, odd yeah. CIA mercenaries. Who, and, who they have a plan. I uh, think they have a shipment coming in. Yes, they have. Yeah, because that was in the eighties. You always had a shipment coming in in the eighties. We have to get them. Where's the shipment coming in? Oh yeah, and well, Mel Gibson calls them out later when he's being tortured. He's like, "Why don't you guys just call it heroin?" 
just being bold and brazen like he is. I think but, he's right, though. You know, yeah, just I mean, freaking call it heroin. We all know point. what it is. Do you have the BoJack? <laughs> Do you have the shipment? I am BoJack. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Gary Busey is just killing everybody, or so he thinks. Because... Oh, no, Riggs is dead. Oh, Or oh, so the bad guys would have you believe. Really yep. That's that's a big twist because you do. It's think a good Riggs thing Gary killed. Busey didn't shoot him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> that is so lucky. I mean, that is none of those pellets from that shotgun went near his face. Yep, but it's the eighties. That yep. was the thing. I, you had to have that. There were right rules. There. there were rules. Shotguns only went exactly where they were aimed. Well, and this is, I think, the moment the the screenwriter uh, Black actually said. He was like, yeah, this is where the Frankenstein's monster part of the Western kicks in because everybody wants to, you know, hate and, you know, revile Frankenstein's monster. But then because of all the things that he's done, that he said, that he's the crimes that he's committed, because he we all want to think that we're so innocent. But then we have to turn to Frankenstein's monster and be like, we need you to take care of these even worse bad guys for us. Well, and that's that's what. That is the turning point of the movie is specifically the line when Riggs says, Roger, we're going to get bloody on this one. And it's like, we're not doing this by your rules anymore. This is all Riggs now. Yeah, but like that, that moment, it is a big turning point, but it's also like, thank you, Captain Obvious, because what they do is the, uh, and I'm looking for their name, the terrorist cell, the Wolverines, as we're going to call them. (laughs) Um, They take Murtaugh's daughter. Yeah. And what's really hilarious is that Riggs has a line where he's literally saying, you know, they're not going to give her back to you. And Danny Glover's like, oh, no. And Riggs is like, you know, if you want her back, you're going to have to take her from them. And I'm like, thank you, Captain Freaking Obvious. Like, Yeah, but it's an 80s movie. You got to get gotta, that exposition. You got to say that, you know, that we're making a conscious decision. Expositional. <laughs> but yeah, it... It's just, uh, they have that classic, we've got your daughter, meet us in the desert at sunrise. Like, it's just, it's so dramatic. Yeah, and, the, and this is the, the, you know, one of the classic movies where Mel Gibson acts with his Adam's apple, you know, because he does that thing where he's like, he swallows. That's, because he, he did it in the scene where he realizes. you're paying you, way too much attention. No, he Mel does Gibson that, he does movie. that in a lot of his movies where it's like, you know, he does it, like, I remember in Signs specifically, he does the same thing where it's like. I'm worried right now. How will I show that I'm worried? Gulp. Nope. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Mel Gibson's awesome. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Even I, with I mean, all the racist uh, I, uh, voicemails? <laughs> you know, that whole episode made me mad because I used to say if there was one person... Episode. Oh, his psychotic yeah, his, episode. His, Got yeah, it. that whole, you know... That whole break, yeah. Um, I used to always say that if there was one actor in Hollywood that I would just like to sit and have a beer with, I always, I always said it was Mel Gibson. Huh. I'd just love to sit and have a beer with Mel Gibson. He just seems like a guy that would be kind of cool to hang out with. He'd have a lot of stories. And he's Australian. So, I mean, yeah. like, he's got stories. And they're genetically superior. You couldn't be more right, Jason. The Australians are genetically superior simply because they have the ability to walk outside in their own country every morning. Uh, and we really get a dose of how hardcore they are because Mel Gibson kills everyone with his yes. thighs in this movie. Yes. and. All I could think when this was happening was, 
I'd let Mel Gibson kill me with his thighs. If you had to go. That's a, that, yeah, Mel. That's a tombstone moment. Mel, um, Jason wants to have a beer with you and I want to be murdered by your thighs. So can we, <laughs> can you have your people call our people? <laughs> no, I'm just thanks. thinking about Cheryl. Okay, thanks. <laughs> a big sweaty fireman, right? Yeah. And you think, okay, he's going to give me mouth to mouth, but then he just starts killing you with his thighs. <laughs> Choking the shit out of you. <laughs> well, I was bringing it back to Mel, but yeah. You know. Uh, but yeah, they they really do just yeah. We're we're fast forwarding through this scene right now, where it takes about ten minutes for the bad guys, the Wolverines, to show up with their <laughs> fleet of cars and their helicopter, and we're like, we get it. They did. I You've mean, got people. This movie could not be more eighties. Oh, know? it's so we, we're gonna have a confrontation in the eighties or it's painfully uh, 80s. In, in the desert. Well, we have fight to have the scene, helicopter fight scene. No, wait, that comes later. Yeah, that's later. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. But Which yeah. is interesting because, you know, when I was doing uh, some research on this, so Bruce Willis was considered for the role of uh, of Riggs. Which, of course. not that big of a surprise. Um, Brian Dennehy was considered for the role of Murtaugh, but he didn't want to do it because he played cops in, I think, like the last three movies he did. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't feel like playing a cop again. Sure. But what was interesting was... It was not only was Bruce Willis considered for the role of Riggs, but Mel Gibson was considered for the role of John McClane in Die Hard. <laughs> what a different world it would have been. But imagine this, because I also found out that the other actor who was considered for the role of John McClane was Harrison Ford. I could literally see any one of those men playing but that role. How much? I mean, I would pay and serious money to see, to see all three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wish they would have. They should have just made the movie three times with each of with those each actors. Of them, Absolutely. and they all three be. It would have been like all three stars borns. Yeah, but for men. Yeah, it would basically be <laughs> top five Christmas movies ever. Those would be the top three. Oh, one hundred percent. Then a Christmas Story. Then Lethal Weapon. Okay. So, I mean, um, uh, and Mel Gibson would have been in two of those. So, yeah. wow, he would have been the reigning Christmas king. So, but... Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, A Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, and I'm going to go ahead and say it: The Krampus. <laughs> that was a great movie. That was a great. That was a movie that was after my own heart. It was like watching an '80s horror movie. Oh, that was with Adam Scott, right? Yeah. Was that one on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ben Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, it was in ben, ben Wyatt. The Krampus. Yeah. That was um, a damn good movie. I, I'll need to check it yeah. out. But, Wait for um, Christmas though, because it just it totally. No, sits. yeah, yeah I, I was about to say I'm yeah. not going to watch it right now. But um, yeah, speaking of uh, just strange decisions and you know weird coincidences with casting, apparently when uh, Donner was talking, uh, Donner, the uh, director, I believe, was the reindeer. The what? oh the director oh, Richard the, Donner the director sorry I thought you meant the reindeer. no the, no the, a different one yeah, uh, that's Don Durr <laughs> he's got another D in his name most people don't seem to freaking know that but well, speaking of Christmas he, well he's very humble he doesn't he know, doesn't correct people he doesn't correct people yeah you know? um yeah when people call me Darth Vader I don't correct them uh but anyway ooh ooh we need to bring up our video that we made yeah so make a quick reference and i'm coming back to casting because this is hilarious. well we don't have to do it now but just if it, at some point we do have a plug to talk for your video the, yeah it's great yeah. listeners i've seen it speaking of darth vader and darth jader but uh with weird casting uh donner was uh, talking to casting director marion doherty uh who actually suggested danny glover for the part of murtaugh because originally when the script was written it didn't have a specific ethnic- ethnicity in mind so 
when she's she actually suggested to Donner, hey, did you see the color purple? What about Danny Glover? And I'm like, what in what freaking universe did those two stories tell you that Danny well, yeah. Glover from Color Purple yeah, would be basically a- the same movie? <laughs> really? I mean, you know, um, Color Purple has fewer grenades. Miss Sophia is like, um, I don't think there's a helicopter. Though. Miss Sophia is basically the hooker that jumps out of the condo. <laughs> We're, we're going to get death threats off of this job. podcast. You get a blowjob. <laughs> Everybody gets a <laughs> No. Uh, oh, shit, we're recording. Unfortunately, they know where to find us. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, come on. She'd find it funny. She's got a sense of humor. I yes. hope. <laughs> I mean, Gail's her best friend, so obviously she does. Oh. Poor Gail. <laughs> but anyway, she doesn't that... use toothpaste because she doesn't want to get addicted. <laughs> oh, it's a different Gail. <laughs> That's a different Gail. Now I'll never know where he left. You know where he left. Oh, your tongue feels so much different from my cat's. <laughs> oh, icky, there's a dead guy. Ooh, icky. Sorry. Gross. Back uh, to the movie. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Because this is like a 40-minute shootout scene yeah. where Mel Gibson is sniping people because the bad guys think he's dead, and they have that distinct advantage. <laughs> and, and this is actually the scene where I'm convinced it establishes that Mel Gibson is not suicidal. Because he has got a bead drawn on Mr. Joshua. And he doesn't take and it. And he doesn't take it because a guy pulls a gun on him. Well, if you're suicidal... You're going to make sure that the bad guy goes down, even if you're going down. Yeah, who cares? I'm taking this guy out. Go ahead and shoot me. Well, and they have the role reversal there for a second because uh, Murtaugh goes out there with what looks like a live grenade. Yeah. And Joshua's like, no, his daughter's right here. He's not going to do that. And he's like, she's going out. She's going out with me. And he's trying to sort of be the rigs of the situation. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't quite pull it off. Well, and also because, you know, not to be... And this is really being obtuse, I, I will admit. But if you did blow the grenade up, it would, given how everybody was standing... It wouldn't get all of them. It probably would have just killed you uh, and maybe well, the guy in front of you. The way he dropped it, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he didn't throw it. Right, uh, And yeah. this is one thing that Josh and I talked about because uh, he was in the Army and he confirmed that they have a pretty confined blast radius because the way yeah. that the, the big bad guy goes out in this movie is... Uh, he crashes his car, three grenades get their pins pulled, yeah. and all blow up together. And in I was a, like, wouldn't that create a bigger explosion? He no, was like, nope, no. they've got a confined explosion. That's the radius. whole point. Yeah. Although I do know a guy who, um, he was in the Marines, and he was doing grenade practice. And he actually, during grenade practice, dropped the grenade. <gasps> <clears throat> yeah. Did not turn out well. Did not turn out well. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're not saying that they're not dangerous. What we're saying is, I don't think you're going to wipe out, you know... Be five meters or more away from them, and chances yeah. are you, you you might make it out to tell the tale. And I'm telling you right now, if I was in a limousine and some asshole in a helicopter was trying to stop me, <laughs> I, I would take that goddamn helicopter down. No. There's no way I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm going full I... Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, Power! God. <laughs> <laughs> this no but whoever the Icky. actual pe- like helicopter pilot was for this movie the the yeah. stunt pilot whatever 
He is amazing. Yeah, He's literally yeah, chasing he a limo through the desert and just like tapping on it like, hello, yeah, anybody yeah. in there? <laughs> it's just so impressive. And now we get the guy but, who I'm pretty sure was one of the terrorists in Die Hard. It's very possible. I really think that this guy was, was the, guy, the, the guy who was eating the candy bar in Die Hard. <laughs> he might he may yeah, very well I, I, I need to look it up uh or you it, tell us listeners let us know yeah. um the uh the fellow with the rubber gloves which this should tell you how freaking crazy gary Busey's character mr joshua is because he fully understands the physics of what is happening so let yes. me paint you a picture with yeah. my word brush mel gibson is being suspended by his wrists underneath a pipe that is you know just dropping water onto him and we've clearly got some sponges connected to <laughs> connected like, to a little golf cart battery. It's like, the, it's like the bad guys in the '80s went to the same contractor. Yeah. You know, oh, what you need a uh, you oh need... you need a pipe with uh, dripping water. Yeah. No, we can do that, man. We can yeah. install that. Uh, Gonna pi- be doing electrocutions here. Yeah. Leaky pipe installers. We can do that for you in a twenty-four oh, twenty-four ba-boom. hour turnaround. Like my wife's mouth. <laughs> God. And suddenly, you gotta watch Community. There's so many jokes that, that don't sounded land. more like Rodney Dangerfield. Like, no, that take was my wife. that was an op-ed. Right. That was a straight up op-ed. No, but um, so anyway, the the guy who's about to torture Riggs uh, has some sponges connected to some sticks, which are connected to the battery bone, and <laughs> <laughs> he's about to, as Joshua explains, do electric shock therapy. What's really funny about it is that the guy doing the torturing is obviously smart enough to put on some big rubber gloves in order to shock a fellow human being, you know, with water dripping everywhere and electricity. But Joshua keeps grabbing Mel Gibson while he's being electrocuted with his bare hands while he's being electrocuted. And you can see him. He's a good enough actor, at least, to acknowledge Oh, I'm being shocked too. And he sort of jumps back when he's grabbing Mel Gibson's irresistible abs, which should show you how irresistible they are. Because if Gary Busey wants a piece of that, like, shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just getting tortured and flexing the hell out of those abs. Busey hungry. (laughs) No, Busey's thirsty. (laughs) There's water. You're welcome. (laughs) That'll go with me to the grave. Well, we're we we're still deciding on your tombstone, so that works out. Mel Gibson has very small nipples. I'm just gonna say. It. Okay, you're upset with me about the, <laughs> the thirsty comments because they're just right there in front you of me. You brought up the damn nipples so many times. But me, anyway, me, meanwhile, you know, Murtaugh is being punched, but apparently not hard enough to like cut him or bruise his face very much. Yet his know. his nipple is inexplicably inexplicably bleeding. So. I believe he has normal size nipples. I don't know that listeners he, we, he's wearing we, a tank top to we be will, fair. If we get any information on that, we will break in and let you know. Danny, please. This is like the fourth time we've reached out. Have your people call our yeah, people. Yeah, seriously. Please. I, it's, at this point, it's just a point of professionalism. No, I think by by this point, Danny Glover is probably on top of Mount Olympus in a, in a yoga pose, communing with the gods. Because, he, as I said, he cannot die. Negotiating his immortality, of yeah. course. Um, no, he's telling them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's He's got that commanding yeah. voice. Um, Damn it, Zeus! Uh, unlike in Ants, when he turned into <laughs> well, a decapitated head. But, but even, that was an animated he, even his head was still alive. He's still alive. That is my that. point. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, they... Um, I am a man that cannot die. There you go. Another community I'm just joke. i keep tapping yeah, on wood Another community here. joke you don't get. Nope. I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm going to go on okay. strike and just not watch community, just to die. piss you off. <laughs> But yeah, they keep playing the daughter card pretty hard, like they're going to do something horrendous to uh, Danny Glover's daughter, but nothing ever happens to her. 
So that's good. You know, I'm going to go ahead and electrocute you again. I probably should have, like, tied your feet up, but uh, I don't think it's a big deal. Oh, no, they are tied up. Oh, they up. are tied up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because so Mel- he chokes him with the rope that they're tied with. I, I don't care. It, it can be a rope if that's what you need, Mel, to kill me. But I, as long as I go between your thighs, that's okay, super Cheryl. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's just super oh, creepy Barry. that you get turned on. by Barry! <laughs> Is that okay, Other Barry? It sure is, Other Barry. And at first it was hot, but then... Then it started to hurt. (laughs) And what does Archer say to her? I just find it super creepy that you get turned on by physical violence. But yeah, so anyway, Mel Gibson literally just kills a dude by catching him in between his feet and then... Can I just point out that they went ahead and bought or leased the warehouse with the grease all over the windows. Yeah. Like they walked in the realtor showed them the grease on the windows. No, that's like the torturers ink. Uh, you actually have to pay people to do that. Yeah. Grease your windows, sir. We can totally do that. And it's, you know, it's, you're going to be doing some torturing in here. We're, we're you're going to need greased windows. We got some mechanics. They come with grease. They're really handy that way. Also, but, we can install a bunch of pipes with like wheels and shit on them. You want, you want to like, upon. you want to like tie a young girl to those pipes. We can, we can make that happen. For sure. So all uh, this on the same invoice? Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh no no. Oh here we go though. So I love first of all that Mel Gibson brings his torturer's lifeless body into the room, like sheep style, over his shoulders to throw it yeah. at someone else. Then you really see his jujitsu, taekwondo, capoeira skills. <laughs> oh, and that was another thing. One of the forms of uh, fighting that they taught the actors, including Gary Busey, it was called Jailhouse Rock. Yeah, I saw that. Which was what originated in United States prisons. Like, huh. And I'm just like, okay. I didn't know that Elvis was actually singing about something <laughs> substantial. So there's that. Well, there you go. That song had a lot of meaning to it. I uh, did, but um, we... We skipped over some great dad jokes just a second ago because earlier in the movie, Riggs was the one who was like, oh, no, man, I think this is bigger. This is bigger than what you just think. It's not just like a pimp who killed a hooker. It's not just this. Uh, And Danny Glover's like, that's awfully thin, Riggs. So then they're being tortured and, you know, obviously it was just. They're being tortured in the basement of a nightclub. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's why you buy a big ass nightclub. The 80s, man. The sound of the music covers the torturing screams. That's true. And it covers the noise of the water constantly blasting through the pipes. (laughs) But um, no, we missed two great dad jokes because the whole, oh, that's pretty thin, Riggs. That's whatever. They find out, obviously, Riggs was right all along. And Danny Glover looks at him and goes, Thin, huh? And Mel Gibson's like, yeah, anorexic. And then just <laughs> runs over to him and he's wah, like, wah, and he's wah. like, Murtaugh. No, it gets better because he goes, Murtaugh, you know what the shepherd said to the other shepherd? Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, yeah. Uh, my soul wilted a little bit, but I loved it at the same time. Oh, Lord. How many major metropolitan areas are going to be? subjected to Gary Busey. You know, here we have Los Angeles, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, we need, you know, as a country, we need to come together and do something about Gary Busey. I I think we're doing something right now because we sick, uh, semi shirtless Mel Gibson (laughs) running through the street off for God's sake. Well, I think this is where Will Smith got a lot of his uh, inspiration for (laughs) men in black. I know what I'm going (laughs) to, I know what I'm going to do to that car. You're going to say fresh friends. No. It's like, what? (laughs) No, because the opening scene of men in black is when Will Smith is just a regular cop and he's chasing a car on, you know, barefoot. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's just, or not barefoot, but he's chasing a car on foot. So it's just like, come on. 
Uh, but yeah, Mel Gibson literally somehow chases Gary Busey all the way to an on-ramp of a well, freeway. You know, uh, there was traffic. You know, he he, he got stopped <laughs> a few times. There was uh, a, there was um. <laughs> oh God, Mel, Mel Bionic Gibson. Yeah, Mel no Gibson. one in Los Angeles can get anywhere this fast. Well, maybe back in 1987 <laughs> they could. Yeah, well, maybe. Especially if they were going down the wrong way onto the interstate. But yeah, Mel Gibson's just shooting a really serious gun. At a bunch of cars. I think it's an MP... Is it? I wouldn't know. I need to get a look. I thought it was an MP5, but... They were all... Gary Busey's, like, officially in an on-fire car going down Gary the interstate. B- yeah, but to be fair, Gary Busey... Oh, he just banged his head a couple of times. Maybe that's where the actual accident happened. Yeah, I, I, I think Gary Busey was kind of used to driving in a car on fire by this point, <laughs> you know. Gary, we're going to get a stuntman. I don't need no stuntman. Hey. This is a Saturday night for me. We all know what happened to Brendan Fraser many years later. Uh, what? When he did a oh, stunt in The Mummy oh, in 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stopped breathing. See, but... Gary Busey would have just laughed. <laughs> well, <laughs> he had those dead shark eyes, so yeah. he was fine. But this is what confuses me about this scene. So Gary Busey has commandeered several cars at this point and gets away from Mel Gibson, who has a police badge and could easily take any of these cars that are now stopped on the interstate and chase Gary Busey down the interstate, but he doesn't do it. No, this is something I have to do. He chooses to almost get into a fist fight with a taxi driver who hits him with said taxi. Yeah. And then he runs back to Danny Glover in yeah. some very 80s Reeboks. All I need is my gun. <laughs> Those this Reeboks. This gun and this grenade. That's all I need. Actually, this is one of my favorite lines of the whole movie, though, whenever Danny Glover... No uh, way you live yeah, this. No way you live. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, you talk about dad humor. This is like dad porn, almost. That's probably something different. But um, because it's, <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know. Because this is literally, you know, you hurt my daughter. Dad revenge satisfaction, possibly. Re- dad, <laughs> dad revenge porn. Okay, I'm just gonna step over. Well, revenge, here. Por- re- revenge porn is a genre. I mean, that's a real. Thing. I mean, I mean, Liam Neeson's made a career of re- revenge porn. You know. Okay. I'm, you know. All right, um, I'll go with you on this. You know. Um, oh God, uh, Charles Bronson. I have know. a certain. I have a particular set of skills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Danny Glover. He does. He does get the best of the bad guy, and actually one ups him big time because you think that he was just going to shoot him. And, oh, no, or maybe no. make his car crash, but no, there are grenades in that car. Yeah. And and for some reason, the car already has two panels cut out of the floor of it. I don't, I'm not sure why that's there, but... Storage you know. for heroin. Save me, heroin. Save me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can do all this heroin, and it'll give me superpowers. I, I Hey, it's done stranger things to people. But, uh, man, Danny Glover's rocking some guns of his own in this movie. I was about to say, Danny, the Danny day. Glover's ripped, man. Yeah, he's he's ripped back in the day. But okay, so Danny. You know Glover, how many pull-ups he had to do to get uh, that body? I know, I bet you know the exact number. One. Whoa. That's it. That's why he's up on Mount Olympus yeah. right now. No, it, it wasn't even a pull-up. It's just that yoga that <laughs> yeah, he's been doing yeah, on Mount yeah. Olympus. <laughs> if he did pull-ups, it would just be ridiculous. It would move you the know? entire yeah, earth. It would, no, he's not going to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, this is what I don't understand at this point in the movie. So um, <laughs> Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, you know, there are so many inexplicable things that happen, but this especially. Mao Zedong showing up uh, suddenly. Yes, that guy. Yeah. But uh, no, so Joshua is clearly defeated. 
Yeah, he's dead. His bo- yeah, he's dead. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The boss oh, is oh, dead. Yeah, Joshua, Gary Busey yeah. is still alive. Or the general. So instead of getting away, Joshua decides to go to Murtaugh's house and exact revenge. Yes. Which it's like, no, why? What do you possibly have to gain by this at this point? And, well, th- and this is what I really don't understand. Uh, so he pulls up to Murtaugh's house. And you think that he's got the drop on Murtaugh and Riggs. Right. Because he murders two innocent police officers right in front of Murtaugh's house. Yeah. He walks into Murtaugh, well, blasts his way into Murtaugh's house. Then... By the way, you know, that really doesn't open doors that well. If you just shoot shooting them. Holes through, yeah, yeah, it really just kind of puts holes through the door. Yeah. But then he walks <clears throat> around, blows up the TV because uh, he gets frustrated uh, with the whole Scrooge realizing, It's Christmas! And so he shoots the TV. Makes his way over to the Christmas tree, and then you realize that Riggs and Murtaugh had the drop on him the entire time, yet somehow yeah. let those two innocent cops die in front of the house. <laughs> well, because there's yeah. the note, and it says, Dear they, bad guys, the cops were, ain't nobody here but us cops. Sorry. Well, it's, um, it's but so, no, because the, um, yeah, they just let those guys. Try to defend <laughs> it. No, you Shit. can't. Damn it. I've never thought of that. They just let those cops die. And, and they, then they use their they car. They use the car that they were <laughs> murdered in to like jam a, a nightstick in the gas pedal to re- to further damage Danny Glover's house cuz you know he's pissed mm-hmm. if he's just like let's just ruin the whole house. Maybe um, they had bulletproof makeup faces. Oh god, yeah, you quit know. it. It's you're not you can't make it work. But this is the ultimate right here. Oh, this is the best. Fight scene, fight scene. We're yeah. gonna have a fight this, scene. This is literally <laughs> that's all just that is. a fight. There's nothing to this but it, a fight scene. It doesn't help the story. Like it doesn't do. It doesn't serve any purpose. No, and apparently, it, if you're a senior detective like Roger Murtaugh, you can just tell all the cops, no, 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 let this happen. Well, there's a little bitty line that I think a lot of people miss because basically, before we get to that point. Mel Gibson, and this reminds me of Boondock Saints, even though I know this came <laughs> way before Boondock Saints, where you remember when um, uh, the detective, uh, Willem Dafoe, shows up as a hooker, and that Italian guy's like, you want a shot at the champ, baby? Yeah, <laughs> Mel yeah. Gibson's like, you yeah. want a shot at the title, Joshua? And I'm just yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. But... They, they Ooh, help it, me. it wasn't ran- just it a wasn't- random woman running across the street. Well, you got to have that in a neighborhood, but you you don't. Mister Drysdale, oh, Mister Drysdale, <laughs> you don't have any rain happening in L.A. that day, no. so they had to cultivate yeah. it by running into a hydrant yes. so that it looks like it's raining. And Mel Gibson's literally like, "You want a shot at the title?" And now he and Gary Busey are just like taekwondoing, capoeiroing, jailhouse rocking each and, other. And, and, and we need dramatic lighting, so make sure there's a helicopter. Yeah, just over, like shining down. You know. But there is a, a dispatcher on one of the radios where she's like, "Well, the chief is on it because remember they commandeered the chief's car yes, to get to Murtaugh's yes, house." Yes. And the dispatcher's like. Until the chief arrives, Murtaugh is the, like, senior officer on the scene. And so he's like, y'all back off. This is my call. It's my responsibility. But it's the dumbest crap I've ever seen. Well, yeah, it's your responsibility. But um, if this guy gets away and kills folks, I don't think that's going to really go over that well. Well, it was his responsibility. I don't even see how, like, Joshua would want to fight. He's he's done. Like, there are 50 thousand cops yeah. there at this point there's a helicopter mel gibson is now shirtless yeah and he's course. beating your ass so i just i don't get it 
But well, that's the thing about '80s bad guys is that the one thing an '80s bad guy cannot ever do is realize that he's outnumbered. (laughs) I'm the '80s bad guy in an '80s movie. It's like that. Patrick, I can't win. It's like if only Mel Gibson had that Patrick Swayze move from Roadhouse, <laughs> yeah, the roundhouse kick. Yeah. No, uh, where he rips the guy's. Oh yeah, yeah, rips yeah. The yeah. guy's body in half. <laughs> that if only he had, because he just did a roundhouse kick on Gary Busey a minute ago, uh, and that clearly uh, didn't do it. I'm gonna throw you in this car. Well, and Mel Gibson's not the biggest guy in the world, no, so. It, no. I think that, I think he made up, he's like a kind of like a chihuahua. He made up for it with craziness and, and it, it just took energy. Them, it took them like four days to film this scene. Oh God, that would... they, they got so much footage that they had to cut down to actually make this scene. Well, and at that point, I wouldn't even have let them cut it. No matter, like it, it would have been like, guys, we worked for a week on this. No, we're not cutting it. But Danny Glover, it's kind of childish in a in a weird sense, like almost like cheering his dad on in a right, fight where he's yeah, like, break yeah. his neck, Riggs, break his neck. And it's just, it's so, it's so forced and so weird. Well, it just... and, you know, I, you know, but the thing is, though, even in a movie like this back in the 80s, they knew how to write a script. Danny Glover's character arc involves his daughter being kidnapped. And this is a guy who was going, who was perfectly willing to hurt his baby girl. So yeah, Riggs, break his neck, you know, like. No, he wasn't willing to hurt his baby girl because he had a smoke grenade. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, Joshua. Oh, oh. Joshua was willing willing to hurt his girl. So he's like, yeah, kill him, break his neck. No, no, no. I understand the reasoning behind that at the very least. But once again, Mel Gibson puts another grown man in between his thighs and nearly murders him with his crotch. And he doesn't kill him. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know what? It's not worth it. And you're like, wasn't it, though? Because this guy sucks. (laughs) And all over one shipment of heroin. Yeah. But it's the the shipment. It's the 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 age. It's the shipment. You know? And And it's all the way from Laos. I'm Laotian. (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, and then you get this, oh, you haven't seen that since 1987, yeah, that yeah, that slow-mo yeah. just, and then, oh, they both get to kill him together. Yeah. And Aww. scream while they do it. Oh, and Gary Busey's dead. Welcome to the party. Oh, shit, that's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't stop crossing over your 80s movies. Because it's such an awesome scene. And Carl, the one with the fabulous hair. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my brother. <laughs> I'm Agent Johnson, and I'm Agent Johnson. And, and we're, we're with, with the, the FBI. FBI. <laughs> FBI agents don't hold hands. These ones do. Oh, yeah, and then we, you know, yeah, yeah. And Riggs' around, wife Riggs is dead. Wife, blah, blah, blah. It's, and... it's fortunately raining that day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't when he was having his dramatic-ass fight scene with Gary Busey. Yeah, you know, California always bitches about being in a drought. They just need, <laughs> to, have, they need to have more, like, dramatic moments, because apparently it always rains, you know? Bring Mel Gibson and Gary Busey to I town. I mean, their, their cemeteries must just be flooded. Uh, they know? must be. Especially if, um, you know, they're filled with the ex-wives of, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of Mel <Gibson>. Ex-wives. Ooh. <laughs> That's what he would call them, you know, during his crazy stage. They're exes. And I love they did, he I love King henry them all. Are those scars or just like magic marker? <laughs> I was sniffing magic marker. It's going to get out of hand. <laughs> it just, I, it got away from me. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Danny Glover's kid who clearly has just a mad crush on Riggs. Well, you know, I mean. Who wouldn't? 
I mean, don't even act like you don't want to be smothered between Mel Gibson's thighs too, Jason. Well, I mean, I mean it, there's worse things. <laughs> there are worse things yeah. I could do. <laughs> No, and it get is, smothered you know. by Mel a time or two. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, this might be one of the... Um, one of God, the, I love this movie. <laughs> if it makes us laugh this hard, it must be worth watching. Yeah, I actually yeah. rented it twice uh, because I ran out of time trying to watch it the first time. And Josh was like, oh, go ahead. We're watching this shit again, aren't we? Yeah. And I was like, yep. Um, and, and, you know, so it does wrap up with, uh, you know... A nice uh, little Christmas moment. Yeah, you know, Mel Gibson, you know, he gives the bullet to, uh, to Martha, Danny Glover. Yeah. You know, basically saying, I'm not going to kill myself. Because there which, are no other bullets in the world. Well, you know... It's, <laughs> I know, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a symbolic gesture. Yes, I get it. And then, you know, that uh, that wraps it up. That and, uh, is... Well, then he gets invited to Christmas dinner. Yes. And uh, his dog... Uh, so this is an interesting story I read uh, on Mental Floss as well. Uh, the dog was not originally supposed to be Mel Gibson's dog in the in the movie. Oh. Uh, in one of the original versions, uh, when you first meet Riggs, he's drinking with, like, some dock workers at 8 a.m., and they're tormenting this poor dog. And oh. Riggs beats the holy hell out of all of them for bothering the for, dog. Yeah. Uh, but in this version, the theatrical version, uh, it's just... His collie dog that yeah. apparently likes to spend its mornings on the beach and then comes to check on Mel in the morning when he's naked. So, that's, why dog, that's why dogs are awesome. And that's why I have dogs. Like I mean, yeah. shoot. So, yeah, lots of different things could have happened in this movie. Uh, there was even a moment uh, in one of the other versions of the script where – because the whole thing is like progressively like Riggs is crazy. Riggs is really crazy. Riggs yeah. is super yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then yeah. it turns out the craziness helped. In one of the scenes that was cut or, like, maybe didn't even get filmed, uh, Riggs actually saves a playground full of children from being shot up by a sniper. Hmm. Yeah, which I don't think really progresses the story. Cause yeah. Unless the, one of those kids belonged to somebody else, uh, well, Mr. Uh, Hunsaker or whatever his name is. Yeah, that's, I don't know. The guys who made these movies, they knew what they were doing, you know? I mean, you know, action movies nowadays, it's... It, you don't have somebody there saying things like, well, what's, how does this advance the plot? I know it's an action movie, but I mean, hell, if you watch Predator, Predator, you know, you can follow the script and see what they're thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Lethal Weapon does, uh, does a good job of that. And this is the only Lethal Weapon movie without Joe Pesci. Oh my goodness. I yeah. didn't even think about that. Yeah. Joe Pesci doesn't show up until Lethal Weapon 2. Um, well, because I'm in, I actually discussed this with the uh, the great Morgan Rogers, who will be a guest on our show uh, when we do Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yes, listeners. Yes, For those of you who want to hear Donka Shane. But uh, I was talking to my dad about it because he, he loves hearing about the episodes that we're filming, and he remembers a lot of the movies from the 80s and whatnot. And he's like, what, what movie are you doing today? And I said, Lethal Weapon. He goes, cool, be funny. I was like, great advice, Dad. Yeah, Thank you. Solid. So. I think that's what Richard Donner told uh, Mel Gibson. I, I would no, hope so. Be funny. Be oh, funny. Okay. You it, got it. He nailed it. So there's that. Well, folks, uh, this has been our trip down the memory lane, which uh, has the uh, the house of the Murtaugh family upon it. And I think probably a lot of other houses from Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that you tune in to our next episode, 
and in the meantime, go check us out uh, on the web. We are at hindsightishorrifying.com. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, all we, we, The show is on Twitter, at hindsighthorror. Yes. Uh, I am on Twitter, at northfoggy. And as always, I am at Darth underscore Jader underscore. Uh, and you can reach me via email if Jason ever fixes it at uh, Darth Jader at hindsight is horrifying dot com. And you can reach Jason at Jason at hindsight is horrifying dot com. Eh, so who uses email? We've also got like a Facebook page and some other nonsense going on. But we're we're starting to feel a little desperate listeners. So maybe you want to reach out to us and. Tell us what you want to hear, or maybe even access our Facebook page for this special treat. Oh, that's right. We have to uh, we have to plug the YouTube video, which we need we're, we need to put that on Twitter and Facebook. Not just that, <laughs> but um, listeners, if you go to our Facebook page, you will find our phone number. So I'm not even going to tell you what it is because I'm going to make you work for it. Find exactly. our phone number and give us a call. Tell you us what you want to hear. bastards. Yeah. God, I feel like one of those needy chicks who keeps texting a guy. If, if you're Australian, don't worry. I'll, I'll PM you later. Yeah, and, we, and we will send love letters number. to each yeah. and every one of you individually. We actually have a relationship with everyone in Australia. Yeah, because they actually care. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But we do have a video that uh, we uh, we whipped together uh, on a it's whim. Pure genius. Uh, basically, what happened was, for some I don't know reason, my nine year old son and I were talking about Star Wars, and he decided to start doing various Star Wars voices as cowboys. This is something nine year olds do. David's awesome. Yeah. And so I said, hey, let's find out what happens when we play the trailer for episode four with the theme to the uh, Dukes of Hazard," And it was quite amusing. <laughs> and so and, and we, we decided to continue this with uh, with some other uh, 80s and, and 70s show themes with uh, uh, Star Wars trailers. What we finally ended up with was a video where we combine the trailer for Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, with the opening and theme song of the A-Team. It is pure magic, listeners. You need to go. I'm convinced now that Mike Post obviously either – I don't know which one came first. I think – I think Empire Strikes Back came first. One of them used the other as a reference because they just go together too perfectly. It's just, it's, it's like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. It's like delightful parody, mm. but it, you can actually take it seriously. But that's going to be on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's on my Twitter already, uh, but we'll have that up everywhere. Um, until next time, then, uh, thank you very much for spending your daytime, your nighttime, your drive time, or whatever it was with us. And we hope that you enjoyed, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, so, signing off, this is Jason. And Darth Jader. Have a good evening, or whatever. Laters. <laughs>